0: Welcome, welcome, and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and last week, a lot happened in the sports world, you know, from the NFL, NBA, a lot of college news, um, MLB, you know, a lot happened, and we'll talk about it. Uh, The first thing I'll talk about, I guess, because I have a little further, a little deeper in the week, was Ron Rivera got fired. When we think of the Carolina Panthers, the two faces that we see is Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. Cam Newton is, of course, undoubtedly the great, the best player the franchise has ever had. and Ron Rivera is the longest tenured coach that, and the most successful coach that the Panthers have ever had. We've been hearing all year, especially since Cam Newton got hurt and Kyle Allen's been playing serviceable, We've heard all year that the, that the Panthers are trying to move on from cam uh, Cam Newton is not the greatest quarterback when it comes to accuracy but he does have a lot of traits that make him make him as good as he is to make him one of the one, a, a very good quarterback with Cam Newton going down this is I think maybe the third year second year in a row he's dealt with a uh, injury that's kept him out more of uh, more than 50 percent of the season and With Kyle Allen, Kyle, see the, the thing that Kyle Allen has that Cam Newton doesn't is Kyle, Kyle Allen is a little bit better when it comes to accuracy. While he doesn't have the running ability as Cam Newton, he doesn't have the physical, like he's not as physical, physically dominant as Cam Newton, He, he he's, he's more accurate in how the league is going. Of course you need accuracy. Uh, of course you need mobility. You look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Patrick Mahomes um, on a lesser scale, you look at Dak Prescott, but when we talk about the league, what, what Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, uh, some of the Drew Brees, what they have is accuracy. And while, Ky- while I don't think Kyle Allen is a starting quarterback, he has been serviceable. Which is why you've heard since Cam Newton went down that they're looking to move forward. The, the, the organization is looking to move in a different direction. And with them looking to move in a different direction, To me, it's kind of hard trying to move off the quarterback and not off the coach as well. And seeing as though last week, because they lost, again, (laughs) they have been knocked out or they've been eliminated from playoff contention, I think that gave the Panthers organization the out to fire Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is still a very good coach. I think by the time... The season starts next year. He will be on a team. He'll probably be a head coach. I mean, there's a lot of places that's going to be looking for a head coach. You might have the Jets, uh, the the um, the Cleveland Browns, the the I'm not gonna say the Chargers, the Giants. Maybe you have um, there, there's there's going to be teams that are looking for coaches. So I I I am, am I can say I Ron Rivera will have a job, whether it's. To me, he's going to be a head coach, but even if he's not a head coach, Ramon Rivera is still good enough to have a job somewhere. And with Ramon Rivera being fired, to me, this is... This is the one-two punch when it comes to what the Panthers are trying to do. Players, the players were not were not happy that Ron Rivera got fired. You saw that on the game on Sunday when a lot of a lot of players came out and said they were unhappy, and they played like it. I think they like lost by like forty. And when I say one two punch, firing Ron Rivera almost like almost ensures that they will get rid of. No, I'm not gonna say get rid of. They will move on from Cam Newton. They've already talked about they're looking for trades. They're definitely listening to trades. But it's going to be hard. It's very hard as a new coach to integrate with a quarterback like Cam Newton. Now, When I say that, a long-tenured quarterback that um, is already kind of stuck in his ways. It's kind of hard, especially when you're trying to rebrand, grow the organization. Once you get rid of uh, the coach more than likely, unless it's like Drew Brees or something, he's had one coach. More than likely the, co- the quarterback's gone too. You have Kyle Allen, who the Panthers think can be a building piece. You have uh, CMC. You have the defense, you know, that, that defense is still, when it's firing on cylinders, one of, the be- one of the top defenses in the league. Carolina Panthers, oh, not to mention, they will have a, a solid draft pick come this draft, which is a kind of loaded draft, especially for offensive players. I can see I can see why you'd fired Ron Rivera. Um, I don't think you know I don't think that there, there's coaches that deserve to be fired and get fired. and then there's coaches that don't deserve to get fired but get fired for for, reasons that are understandable ron rivera and ron rivera left with class he left uh you know kind of with his head up high because he knows he's not a bad coach they just knows the organization is going in a different direction um ron rivera it, it'll be kind of hard for ron rivera to now teach a whole new quarterback a whole new office. you know he, he don't want to do that so he understands so he, you know he had they had a press conference there it was cool by the bing by the boom we out Again, I think that maybe the 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 Browns, um, the the Cowboys might need might be looking for a coach. Uh, the who else? The Jets, the Giants. One of those one of those teams to me will be in the hunt, and we'll be in the discussion for Ron Rivera. Now let's move over to Cam Newton. With Cam Newton leaving, or with Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton will be gone this offseason. Where is a good place where I think he can go? Cam Newton is a very physical, big quarterback. Now, to me, that physicality has got him to where he is today. Now he's dealing with a lot of injury because he takes a lot of punishment. But he does have the body type to take punishment. To me, the perfect place for Cam Newton, wh- I'm not going to call it perfect because there's, there's a downside to it, but a good place to me that Cam Newton can go are the Bears. To me, they have a solid offensive line. They have solid weapons. Uh, you know, you have Tyreek, you have Cohen, you have Robinson. You have some pieces. Uh, the defense is still a top defense when it's, you know, when it's engaged. You have a really good coach that can scheme. The only downside is it's cold and it's windy and Cam Newton already kind of struggles with accuracy. So that with the wind, you know, it, that's that. That's but I can see him being a really good fit for the Bears. Um, I can see him being a really good fit for the Chargers. Phillip Rivers is it, you can kind of see when the writing's on the wall and the writing is kind of smeared on the wall now. He's not accurate anymore. He throws a lot of interceptions. It's, it's 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 almost a wrap for Phillip Rivers. But he'll be a really good fit for the Chargers. He'll be a really good fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, this is I think I mean almost every Cam Newton, I mean not Cam Newton, Jameis Winston right now has twenty-three interceptions. Twenty three interceptions and there's still what four or five games left to me that that's incredible yeah they they're they they're trying to move off of Jameis Winston I think Cam Newton will be a really good piece for that so I think that Cam Newton will end up on a really good team that can suit his knees and and can be in contention as soon as he gets there I think Ron Rivera will land on his feet you know to before you know everything's said and done um what else are we going to talk? Let's stay with let's stay with let's stay with football. So we talked about the Cleveland Browns being a good fit for Ron Rivera. Someone that is not good fit for is Odell Beckham Jr. So reports came out this week saying that Odell Beckham Jr. not only is trying to get or, or is playing with a sports hernia, um, but he's been telling and this is reports. I don't know. He's been telling players and coaches on other teams come get me this offseason. I uh, so when the season started, I thought that the the Cleveland Browns can do can go one of two ways. They can be really good or really bad. I to me there was no in between. You have a young up and coming quarterback with very to me one of the most ex- on paper, they have the most explosive offense in the league. Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. You have uh what's his name? Um was, I forgot his name. But you have you have some explosive pieces. And you have a really good defense with Miles Garrett. Or you could be really bad. Baker Mayfield last year, while he had a really good stretch towards the end. You also had to see who he played. He didn't really play anybody that was good. Odell Beckham Jr is a quarter as a wide receiver that needs a lot of touches. And if he doesn't get a lot of touches, he can be moody. While he's not as moody as Odell Beckham Jr, Jarvis Landry is the same way. And we already know about the the what comes with Kareem Hunt sometimes. And that's a lot of personalities to to Maintain as a first-year coach, not just a first-year coach in the NFL. First-year coach in Freddie Kitchens. To me, that that alone was one of the worst decisions that the franchise has made in a while. But we're not going to talk about that. And as we've seen throughout the course of the season, everything that could go wrong, every distraction, uh, has has reared its ugly head, from the Miles Garrett incident, from all these shoe incidents with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, with Baker Mayfield being in 100,000 commercials, yet he has more commercials than touchdown passes. He has more commercials than wins. Career wins, not just this year. Career wins. Uh, You have Baker Mayfield just saying anything to the media, talking about, you know, blaming uh, Odell Beckham's sports hernia on the the coaching, I mean, the uh, medical staff. Going at the refs, going at so uh, sports media people. Odell Beckham Jr. averaging like two catches a game. It he's only he's only Odell Beckham Jr. has only been in the end zone twice this this year. How do I know? He's on my fantasy. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) It. To me, while I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is the problem, I think that the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham need a healthy divorce because it's not working. Odell Beckham Jr. needs a quarterback that's not only accurate but is willing to give him the ball and trust him enough to throw him the ball multiple times and can get him the ball multiple times. Baker Mayfield is reluctant to pass Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. When he does pass the ball, he'd be airmailing it. Like, it, it goes over his head. He, he throws it behind him. He gets it picked. A good team, like, an Odell Beckham Jr. to me needs, needs a, a, a player that's an alpha dog, not only off the field, but on the field. To me, Baker Mayfield is an alpha dog off the field because he says – he, he talks like an alpha dog. He talks like he wants to be the man. He talks like he's the man. But his play does not, does not warrant what he says. His play does not warrant how, as much as he talks. And Oda Beckham sees that like like a player that talks a lot, that can back it up, and as a quarterback, is no one. <laughs> All the great quarterbacks, you, you barely hear talk unless unless they're asked a question. Look at Lamar Jackson, the most explosive player in the league right now. Barely says anything until the media talks to him. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, uh, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. You don't hear much of anything from them until they're asked a question. Baker Mayfield talks like Jerry Jones. You just be talking. I think the Cleveland Browns have a lot to get fixed. I've said this multiple times and I will say it again. Just you put new paint on a house doesn't mean the foundation is strong. The Cleveland Browns foundation is still a foundation of losing. It's gonna take a while to get to build that foundation up. And you're not gonna build that foundation up talking a lot having a bad coach, a coach that's just clearly in over his head, you have to get the foundation straight first before anything. And right now, it's clear that the foundation of the Cleveland Browns is still losing, which is why they can have one of, if not the most talented roster in the league and still losing. And probably won't even make the playoffs. You hate to see it, but that's that's how it is, man. Um, that's that's how it is. The the Cleveland Browns won't win anything. It's not just a Baker Mayfield problem. It's not just a Freddie Kitchens problem. It's a Cleveland Brown organization problem. I would say it's it starts from the higher up, but it starts everywhere. Like I, there's not one place that you can start. You know, it might start to get rid of Odell Beckham. Now, I'm not saying Odell Beckham's the problem, but if you want to start somewhere, get rid of Odell. Then get rid of Freddie Kitchens. I'm not saying, like, they're equal. Freddie Kitchens has to go. I don't think he'll get hired again. But that's all I don't it's, – it's, it's it's bad, man. Um, uh, sticking with football, let's let's move over to the uh, – let's move over to college football. So college football, we saw um, – the college football playoffs are set. You have number one, LSU, after beating Georgia in the SEC championship. You have number two, uh, Ohio State, after they won a nail-biter. Well, it really was a nail-biter after the second half. But they beat Wisconsin in um, the big, whatever they're in, championship. You saw Clemson. They just, they just smacked Virginia. I think they put like 63 on Virginia head. And you have Oklahoma, who won against Baylor. To me, it's three teams and then one. Like There is, to me, when you look at Ohio State, when you look at LSU, when you look at Clemson, and you think about, you talk about completeness, to me, the most the two most complete teams out of those three is Ohio State and Clemson. Ohio State hasn't really except for one half in the what was it Big Ten, Big Twelve, Big Ten? Big Whatever Championship. They've been dominant this entire year. With Heisman candidate Chase Young, who we'll talk about in a minute, Heisman candidate Justin Fields, who we'll talk about in a minute, they have, and Justin Fields being a rookie, rookie, being a freshman, they've looked incredible. They've they they have looked dominant on both sides of the ball. Now they will say, but who have they played? They've played Wisconsin. They've played Michigan State. They've played Michigan they've played teams and have won convincingly too. Even, even against uh, Wisconsin the other day in the championship, they, they were down, I think they were down like 21-7 and came back and erased that deficit like that. But then you look at Clemson. People have complained this whole year Clemson hasn't played anybody, Clemson hasn't played anybody, Clemson hasn't played anybody. They only beat North Carolina by one point. They struggle with other teams. I understand, and and this to me is why Trevor Lawrence is not in the MVP, MVP, in the Heisman race. Because they struggled coming out the gate. Um, This was the first full season that Trevor Lawrence is a starting quarterback. They lost a lot of pieces to the NFL. They're integrating new pieces, so they they had a very slow start. But towards the halfway point of the season on, Clemson looked like the old. In fact, Clemson looked better. One thing that Clemson, especially let's talk about the defense. One thing that Clemson has been dominant at is the defensive line. Their defensive line, I think most of their defensive line the la- from the last two years in the NFL now, you know, Dexter Lawrence, you got uh, Farrell. They're in the NFL. And Dexter Lawrence is, is making noise in the NFL. And Farrell, I think. If you look at this Clemson now, while their defensive line isn't as strong, their, their defensive, like the, the backfield, is incredible. They might have the best defensive backfield in, you know, might. They probably have the best defensive backfield. In the, in the college football playoffs. And then you still have Trevor Lawrence. You, you have TN. Like, you have... That's a complete team. And nobody... To me, no... Ohio State and LSU were, were, were fighting. Were fighting not to get that number two spot. Because I didn't see... Unless Clemson lost, I didn't see Clemson... Moving from that three spot, so LSU and Clemson didn't want to win. I mean, didn't I mean LSU and Ohio State did not want to see Clemson in the in the in the playoffs. And now one, if not both, we'll have to see them because I think I'm just say it now. So right now it is one two, one LSU, two Ohio State, three Clemson, and four Oklahoma. We'll talk about Oklahoma in a second. I have. LSU and Clemson in the national championship, and I have Clemson winning it all again. I remember I said before the season, it's no competition. Uh, it's going to be Alabama and Clemson, and Clemson's going to win again. I still hold that Clemson will win. To me, the only reason why I'm picking Clemson over L- Ohio State is because of Trevor Lawrence against Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence has been here he's he's played in the college football playoffs he's played in the national championship and he's won the national championship won convincingly in the national championship while justin fields has has rose to the occasion this whole year i think that trevor lawrence is just a little better when it comes and he's and he's been here and he's he knows the level of focus the level of moxie the level of you know the level of focus that I said focus (laughs) twice. That that takes in this in this moment. While I do think that Ohio State's defensive line is better than Clemson's defensive line, I still think Clemson's backfield defensive backfield is better than Ohio State's defensive backfield. That's why I have Clemson winning winning against Ohio State. I mean, yeah. The thing about LSU is while LSU and Joe Burrow have been incredible. They, they, To me, they, they've been better than advertised. I didn't think that they would be this good. I thought, you know, the SEC, you know, Auburn's going to be in there. Alabama, LSU, you know, it was always those three. Maybe Mississippi State, maybe Texas A&M. I thought that's how it was going to be. But no, they've been smacking people left and right. Joe Burrow, and we'll talk about this a little later, is a Heisman. Heisman candidate and well-deserved Joe Burrow will be one of if not the top draft pick in the NFL the only problem with Ohio, I mean with LSU is their defense their defense whew. now the reason why their defense looks so incredible against Georgia in the SEC championship is Georgia struggles to score that's that's not not with o- Oklahoma. Oklahoma does not struggle to score at all. Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts will get up and down the field. On LSU. Here's the problem. though. Oklahoma. Is in the Big 12. Oklahoma doesn't play Oklahoma. Does not play a lick of the Big 12 does not play a lick of defense. You can't go up against Joe Burrow and not play defense. And that is why I think LSU will handedly beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I mean, LSU does have some pass rushers that are really good. It's just their back end is kind of suspect. Oklahoma has nobody on, the, nobody on the defensive end, and that will come back. You have to have somebody that can pressure Joe Burrow, and they don't have anyone, which is why I think they will lose that game and lose handedly. So this is why I have LSU and Clemson in the national championship, and I have Clemson beating LSU just because Clemson – I mean, LSU's defense is their weakness. While LSU's defense isn't terrible, it's not It's not on the same level as a Clemson. It's not on the same level as Ohio State. While their offense is on their, their level, the defense is not. So, it, you know, it, it could be a coin toss. No, that Ohio State and Clemson game is a coin toss. LSU is going to m- mop the floor with Oklahoma. And then the national championship we can talk about. So... You know, that's what I have there. And with the college football playoffs, we have the Heisman finalists that were announced. You have Joe Burrow, the quarterback of LSU. You have Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio State. You have Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of Oklahoma. And Chase Young, the defensive end of Ohio State. To me, let's talk about, let's talk about each player before we, I give my prediction of who's going to win. Justin Fields is the youngest player. He's a freshman. He is the quarterback of Ohio State. To me, when you talk about one of the biggest surprises of the, of the college football season, to me that is one of the biggest, Justin Fields is one of the biggest surprises. Well, I, I I mean, it's Ohio State. Ohio State always gets solid players. I didn't think Justin Fields was gonna rise and, and be as good as he's been this year. Um, he's still a little undersized, but Justin Fields he he has I mean, he has forty touchdowns and one interception this entire season. And ten and this that's that's ten rushing touchdowns. And, then, and, and and because of him, they're number one in third down offense. Like it's <laughs> Justin Fields has been incredible. Justin Justin Fields can, while I don't think he's going to win it, Justin Fields has had an incredible season. And like I said before, if Justin Fields plays to the level that he's been playing and just block out the noise and and, and play up to the competition, Clemson will lose against Ohio State. And, because, and Justin Fields is not a weakness. In fact, if Justin Fields is not on, on the field, like, if, just, like if, it, if it was any other quarterback, then Ohio State probably wouldn't be in the national, I mean, college football playoffs. And, and that is a testament to Justin Fields. Let's go over to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, ex-Alabama uh, quarterback, The reason why I don't think Jalen – there's a couple reasons why I don't think Jalen Hurst will win. One reason is because he lost. They lost they, – they have – out of all the Heisman um, finalists, he's the only one with a loss on his belt. And it was a bad loss, too. And the thing is, if you look at the last two Heisman winners, you have uh, Baker Mayfield and you have um, Kyler Murray. Both Oklahoma, both under Lincoln Riley, and I think a lot of voters will be like, maybe this is more a product of Lincoln Riley than it is of Jalen Hurts. Which I think it, I think that Jalen Hurts has Jalen Hurts has flourished under Lincoln Riley. Don't get me wrong, I don't think that it's more Jalen Hurts and or, or or less Lincoln Riley. I think that Lincoln Riley has unlocked Jalen Hurts, and I think that. That's why a lot of people are calling for Lincoln Riley to be in the NFL because he's such a great coach. And I think Jalen Hurts, as good as he is, he's he's a great quarterback. I think a lot of voters will look at him and say this is probably a product of Lincoln Riley. Let me talk about Chase Young of Ohio State. To me... Chase Young is the best player in college football. He's one of the most dominant defensive player, defensive ends we've seen in a while. He gets. We even saw in the in the um, in the championship he just played. They were triple and quadruple doubling him. The only reason why I do not think Chase Young will win this trophy is because and you look at the history of the trophy, which is the Heisman Trophy, it is a quarterback trophy. Mostly quarterbacks win it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away from Joe Burrow, because <coughs> we'll talk about Joe Burrow in a second. But I do think that if you just take the positions out, Chase Young has been the most dominant player in college in college football, but because to me, it's it's major. Like I don't I don't remember the last time a non quarterback won it, and I think that it was a running back that won. I believe, I believe. I don't remember the last time a defensive player won it. I might look it up. I might, but. If you just take positions away, I think Chase Young is the most dominant player in college college football. While I don't think Chase Young will go number one in the draft because the team that will be picking number one will be looking for a quarterback and they'll probably pick Joe Burrow, I do think that he is the most dominant player in college football. I do think that he's the most NFL-ready player in college football, and I do think that he is one of the only players in college football that to me will have an immediate impact and an immediate positive impact on the NFL team. And then we get to Joe Burrow. There's a couple reasons why I think Joe Burrow will win this. One, because he's a quarterback. And like I just said, this is a quarterback trophy. I also think Joe Burrow has been the best quarterback this entire season. Yes, you had Tua that, that played well, but he was dealing with injury, and of course, he, he had a season-ending injury. Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Um, he has, he to me is a complete quarterback. He has the size, he has the arm strength, he has the accuracy, he has the footwork. While I, he doesn't have the, the Cam Newton, the Lamar Jackson, footwork he has a body type like Patrick Mahomes while he's not he's not as talented as Patrick Mahomes he has the body type of Patrick Mahomes and he he's a mobile quarterback he he's very elusive in the in the in the pocket and he's not scared to stay in the pocket and, and throw bombs from the pocket and we saw we saw that against Florida I'm not Florida we saw that against Georgia And another reason why I think he will win this trophy is because, one, LSU is 13-0. He set an SEC single-season passing record of 4,715 yards and 48 touchdowns. And he's on pace to break... Colt McCoy's record of season season completion percentage at 77.9, which is 78. And I think, I might be wrong, but I think Colt McCoy was a finalist to the Heisman. He might've won it, I don't know, but I think he was a finalist that year. Joe Burrow, not only, looks the part of a Heisman but he's playing the part of a Heisman and he has he's a quarterback and like I said that is a quarterback trophy that is what I think that Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Chase Young and Joe Burrow I understand why those are the four finalists of course you could have put somebody in like Trevor Lawrence but like I said before they kind of struggled throughout the year and a lot of people are saying they haven't played anybody, but they've been smacking everybody they played. I think that their hardest game was like Texas A and M, and they weren't good this year. Um, you could you could put CD was it CD Lamb? You could put him in there, but it's a run, it's a wide receiver. Uh, you know how they feel about wide receivers winning Heisman's. There's a lot of people you could put in there, but i I'm not mad at who you know the finalist at all i i'm not i'm not mad at that so um again the finalist is joe burrow Je- justin fields chase young and jalen hurts so um yeah that's that's what you get um uh is there anything else i want to talk about college football um I'm not going to really talk about the NFL as terms of the the games and, and the playoffs yet. I'm going to hold off on that. Um, we did see the Eagles, the Eagles struggle against, Jesus, the Eagles struggle against the the um, the Giants, and 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 I have no faith that the Eagles will make the playoffs. I think that's the Cowboys will make it. Um, we saw the Rams beat Russell Wilson. Um, and I think that kind of brought Russell Wilson, Wilson down in the in the the MVP race, which I don't even think is a race anymore. I kind of think Lamar Jackson has that locked up because he won pretty ugly, but he won in against Buffalo. Um, Patrick Mahomes beat Tom Brady at Foxborough, becoming the youngest quarterback to beat Tom Brady at Foxborough in um, and, and, and just a tidbit. The, the um, Patriots have lost three times. All three times have come from a black quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. That's what I'm saying. Black don't crack. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, uh, and there's nothing really to, to, to discuss. Oh, I will say this. I am winning in my fantasy. I know nobody cares, and I know I've really been talking about it. I am winning in my fantasy. This is a uh, playoff week. I am in first place um, and how my fantasy set up, we play the same person for two weeks and then we play the championship for two weeks, I think, I don't know. But I know I'm leading right now, so hey, shouts out to me. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, I guess quickly, um, what else, Anthony Joshua. He beat um, Andy Ruiz to retain all them belts. I'm not about to... It was like five belts he retained. And, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. We kind of knew, especially after the first fight, Anthony Joshua, to me, he kind of overlooked Andy Ruiz and Andy Ruiz snuck him. Like, I'm not going to say snuck him, but he snuck one in. And it looked like Randy Andy Ruiz, who was already big in the first match, it looked like he did absolutely nothing but eat until the second match because he looked bigger in the second match. He looked slower in the second match. He looked weaker in the second match. And Anthony Joshua had his full undivided attention and beat the brakes off of Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz, there there shouldn't have been. I don't, if if it were a split decision, um. It, it, there would have been, that would have been probably the worst call in, in boxing history. And Anthony, An- Andy Ruiz even came out and said poor training and a diet led to his loss, which I think he's just a uh, less superior fighter than Anthony Joshua. But like I said, Andy Ruiz was fat, Anthony Joshua was ready for him. He took like five belts back from him. It is what it is. Um, moving on, uh, let's talk a lot of MLB. As we know, free agency's here. Um, Steven Strasburg signed one of the biggest contracts a pitcher has ever signed in MLB history with the Nationals. Seven years, two hundred and forty-five million. Um, I mean, well warranted for bringing, uh, helping bring the Nationals the first ever world champ- world world championship, World Series championship. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it was already going to be hard to sign Andy uh, Rendon, Anthony Rendon, and with giving uh, Strasburg all that money, I think it's going to be even harder to sign Rendon. I think that we can sign him. I think that we have the money to sign him. It's just, will we sign him? And I don't know. I hope he stays. I mean, he's, he's one of the best, he's one of the best players in baseball, and we have, him. so... You know, right now they're saying the Dodgers and the Rangers are probably leading in the race. But uh, you know, if, if to me, if we're willing to pay the money, we we should he he should try to stay. I mean, I would want Anthony Rendon. Uh, it's looking less and less likely that the Washington Nationals will keep him. But hey, anything is possible. I want Anthony Rendon to stay. So, uh, Garrett Cole. They're saying that. Right now, the Yankees are in the driver's seat, and they're looking to offer him upwards of $300 million, which is definitely the would be the largest contract ever uh, for a pitcher. I don't know if that's well warranted. I don't think any player is worth $300 million that's in baseball at that. See, baseball is, like I said, baseball is not like basketball. Baseball is not like football. Like, Baseball is closer to football than, than, than basketball because if you, if you look at basketball, if you have a transcendent player like a LeBron, like a KD, like a Kawhi Leonard, like a uh, Steph Curry, James Harden, Giannis, you can, you can warrant paying those players $300 million because those players can produce you wins. When I say LeBron James, LeBron James can get you to the playoffs just off name alone. Steph Curry, uh, James Harden, one of the greatest offensive scorers we have. KD, to me, one of the best players that's ever played this game. They, have, they, they can bring you instant wins. When you look at baseball and, and, and a little bit of football, you can't really say that. Unless you're like a quarterback like a Drew Brees, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, uh Deshaun Watson. They can swing momentum more than, say, a running back can or, say, a wide receiver can, but it's still a team sport. They, they don't play defense. Same as baseball, a pitcher can't play back-to-back. So a pitcher like you pay Steven Strasburg, and I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying you pay Steven Strasberg $245 million, and he might play 40 games a season. And in a, in a baseball season is what, 162? 182? Something like that. No, it's 162. And he's not even playing half of that. So, I don't think Garrett Cole, I don't think any player in baseball is worth $300 million, But if you go and give him $300 million, give him $300 million. So, I'm not, you know, I ain't hating. I'm just saying. Uh, and lastly, last thing I'm going to talk about, uh, the Knicks fired David Fisdale. Um, congratulations, David Fisdale. <laughs> He's getting paid not to coach the Knicks. The Knicks are horrible. And... While I do think David Fisdale could have done better coaching in some areas, I do think it's hard coaching a trash team. When you have 150 power forwards, when you have Frank Nelikina, who is not an offensive weapon like that, when you, have, uh, when you have so many one-dimensional players, it's hard to win. Yeah, you have a lot of young people. You have R.J. Barrett. You have Kevin Knox. You have uh, Terry, Alonzo Trier. You have uh, Dennis Smith Jr. You have a lot of young pieces. But Dennis Smith Jr. is a one-dimensional player. Kevin Knox, he hasn't really come to his own. R.J. You know, he's still young, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's shown promise. Frank Nielakina is still young, but he's, he's not really an offensive weapon like that. This team is horrible because you have so many players That are one dimensional, or you have so many players that play in the same position. You have a Morris. You have a a Taj Gibson. No, he's not on there no more. You have a a Randall. You have two play. I don't know how many times I've seen (laughs) Morris and Randall dribble the ball up the court. Why is Morris? and Randall dribbling the ball up the court when you have point guards again shouts out to David Fizdale man like he's not a bad coach that's just a bad team you have to look at you have to look at you when you look at some of the decisions that's been made you you really you you really have to look at We all know that the problem with the Knicks is the owner. When you have an owner that has come out and say, like, he's, 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 if if you, if you, if you say anything bad about the team, Jim Dolan, who is the owner, Can ban you. He's banned people for saying bad things about him. He's banned former players. We know, we saw the incident with, uh, what's his name? Um, Damn, I forgot the former player that uh, he kicked out. And it looked like they were about to have like a whole fight. It's the Knicks. See, James Dome is not going to sell the team. The Knicks are still one of the most profitable teams in the world. Scott Perry hasn't done a really good job. I think that's the GM. Like the like like I said about Chicago, not Chicago. Like I said about the Cleveland Browns, it's a foundation. When you have a foundation of losing and a foundation of just horribleness, you, you can paint. You can paint the walls however we want, but the foundation is still going to be weak. That's what you're getting from the Knicks, and the only the only crazy thing is the Knicks are still popular. They're one of the most popular teams in the NBA, one of the most popular teams in the world. They're just they just suck. So shouts out to David Finsdale. They they will suck for a while. Yeah, they have some young pieces. Like I said, they have R.J. Barrett, they have Kevin Knox, they have. Frank Nilekina. They have Dennis Smith, Jr. They have pieces of Alonzo Trier, but will those pieces bloom? It's kind of hard to bloom when the soil is rotten. And that's where I will leave you guys. This has been an unpopular podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening. I know I'm dropping this on a Wednesday. It's, 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 you know, t- yesterday was a really busy day for me. So I, was, I really wasn't in the house, um, and I wasn't able to record and Monday was busy as well, so again, I appreciate you guys for listening, appreciate you guys, love you guys, please share, please share, please share the podcast, if you enjoy it, uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, <laughs> um, and share it, man, uh, and please subscribe, please subscribe, please subscribe, it would mean the world to me to, to know that you are willing to follow me on this journey, this is what, episode 74, that's, that's crazy, um, But again, I love you guys. Thank you guys. And until next time, much love.
1: Bad habits with bad magic Can't disappear and reappear in the same sentence I'm bad at it The mad hat of the perk Pack of the mom trash The perk mixed with the syrup Turn me into a contract. A straight tweak So hot I can't speak Been three weeks I still haven't met my peak Like I could be someone other than myself Like I could find a little heaven up in my hell. Yeah, I know I never have been well Yeah, I know I always fall victim to a wish Uh, um, Like abracadabra The flow's so grab Magnus, been raw dogging bitches ever since i went platinum i feel like hell full of bad bitches wonder if it's room in heaven for savages my life's a canvas i'm painting in blood like a cannibal rip off his head and i salvage it <laughs> a little too graphic at least you niggas know that i still got the passion and some of someone who got shit put the clothes on they back and it's been that way since way back since like I'm a killer or something These niggas lips sing it like Milli Vanilli or something I'm like Lil Wayne, I got a milli, milli, milli or something I guess I'm rich and broke Pockets bountiful. My soul's empty, so deep Ten feet Times ten feet Fuck love, it's gonna take more to convince me That you with me And not against me While I'm from, we loaded up, popped out and turned niggas in the miss me